Welcome to Fix the World. Hi, everyone. Hi. Look at us. We've had a judge. We've moved stuff around. We're on different chairs. Yeah. We're higher up. Higher chairs. We're ready to rock, aren't we? We were worried about our posture and what it might do to us in later life. I'm very worried about my posture. And we ain't got no medical insurance. No. We... Self-employed, we, we're, we're struggling, yeah. aren't we? So Struggling artists. Anyway, I'm Katie Tracy and this is Sam Avery. Hi, everyone. This is Fix the World podcast. What do we do on Fix the World, Kate? Fix stuff. We fix stuff. Sometimes it's stuff that stuff. you want us to fix. Sometimes it's stuff that we just think needs fixing. Sometimes nobody wants anything fixing, but we'll fucking give it a go. We'll knock on your door and we'll ask you what you need fixing and we will give it a good, good go. That's all you can ask of us. And we have fun doing it. Can't ask no more. So, what have you been up to, other than your posture, posture Ooh, fixing? Well, I've been sick, haven't I? I was sick as a pike, I was. So, what was up with you? I had a um, chest infection and an ear infection. Okay. And I didn't lose weight as much as I thought I would. That's annoying. When you're sick, you expect to lose weight. Yeah. I didn't lose, not really. That's the bonus when you've had been really, like if you've had yeah. the shits or something, and you go, okay, well, it's been awful, but I've lost half a stone. I'm not one of them people, though, you know, when you see these people who are like, Get stressed and go, oh, yeah. So on Monday, I got stressed by something, and by Wednesday, I lost half a stone. I'm like, fuck off. I don't think those people appreciate how lucky they are. I'm the person who goes, I got stressed by something on Monday, so I ordered two Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> something pissed me off on by Thursday. By Wednesday, I had type 2 diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> and by Friday, I'm the new face of McDonald's. God, what a version of Craig David's song that would be. <laughs> Bad news on Monday. Two went, for one pizza on Tuesday. Went to a buffet on Wednesday. In hospital diabetes on Thursday. <laughs> on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Channel 5 Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stress eat a, a lot more, and I think I've become very aware of how, how much I eat when I'm stressed. I just I just don't know what I'm doing, and I reach for stuff and I eat it. I was thinking, do you know Richard Osman? Just reach for stuff. I just reach for stuff and just put it in my face, honestly, without even understanding. Rachel just have to surround you by random foods. Like healthy snacks. Like Henry VIII, truffle me! Or or wine, bitch. I need like a a buffer zone of like carrots and raisins and stuff like that. I eat those little boxes of raisins. That's what I use as like my methadone when I'm trying to cut down on snacking. But they're dead little. And I have about 37 packs a day. And that's not good for you. You're best off having a bit of cake. Um, We... Me, me, uh, my wife went away this weekend for our tenth wedding anniversary. It was. We had Aww. a lo- lovely time away from the kids. Love the kids. Great to be away what from is them your now tenth? and again. Uh, I think it's. I think it's MDF. M- MDMA. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the MDMA. We we both gave each other some little uh, tablets to take. Um, but we went away for a few days, and then we came back, and the kids had made us uh, a wedding anniversary cake, Aww. which they hadn't made themselves. They made it with the nan. But what a lovely thing. But the thing is, I was meant to be starting a diet today when I got home, but they made me a cake, so I had to eat it. So now I'm going to have to start the diet tomorrow. But tomorrow's a Tuesday, so I'm probably going to start it. Luckily, six-year-old boys are not the most hygienic humans, (laughs) so perhaps there'll be some kind of little... um, Weight loss journey following Uh, Ned's cake. That would have probably all sorts of weird lesions in it that are going to make me feel a bit queasy and probably Wake up tomorrow with worms. Maybe, yeah. I've just... (laughs) Please, God. Hopefully, that'll be a good little selling point for a cake. Eat mm. this cake, you'll get the taste on your lips, but there's a little worm egg in it, so you'll you'll have the shit for three days. You know how obsessed I am with tapeworms. Yes. I go on about them. I'm sorry, everyone. No, they're a good option, aren't they? I'm very base. If all else fails. Speaking of it... which, raisins. 
No. It's it's it's, it's a negative. You're not for a me. fan. I just think well, so I'm a, you eat a grape, it comes out and your poop as a raisin. That's how they make them. <laughs> but that's not how they make raisins, is it? It no, it ain't. But that I mean, they may as well because they taste like shit. <laughs> Tastes like they're being passed through the digestive the system of someone. The grape that someone's chewed for you. I know the phrase arse grapes. Oh, I've, please. I've, this is a subject I've, I cannot tolerate. I think that's about hemorrhoids rather than... Uh, if ever you want me to leave a room, <laughs> just mention hemorrhoids. Okay. I can't. It's good to know that. Yeah. No, it's, it's me... Um, Useful. It's me kryptonite. Is it? Having never had them. It's not. I mean... That, it's I, that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> Can you um, have phantom piles, can you? Well, no, when I was, I remember when I was pregnant and someone was like, oh, what if you get piles? And I was like, well, they will have to sedate me <laughs> and wake me up when they're gone. Wake me up before you go, go. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I, I think I had a hemorrhoid once, one, just one, singular. Oh. And uh, I think it was so lonely without its friends. Lonely, it just went back to whence it came. Hemorrhoids. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a kid's book waiting to be written. The, this one's called The Lonely Hemorrhoid. The Little Lonely Hemorrhoid. By David Walliams. <laughs> Do you know what gets on my tits, by the way, just while Apart we're talking about David this? David Walliams. Well, I don't want to slag off David Walliams per se, but mm. any celebrity who then decides to become a kid's author, I think they just need to fuck off, don't they? Well, I just feel sorry for the people who were trying to be kid's authors yeah. without having had, uh, you know, an award-winning comedy series. Exactly. Or, like... Get on, stay on your own bandwagon. Stay in your lane. Mm. I mean, I'm all for people diversifying, you know, but... But diversify like Cliff did. Cliff. Like, make some wine. <laughs> Do a calendar. Don't start, like, pissing all over children's authors. Some of them are bollocks as well, and and really bollocks. And and especially when it's a celebrity like... Uh, who, who, who's the one who married um, Liam Gallagher? Patsy Kenseth. I've got nothing against Patsy Kenzie. I'll not against Patsy Kenzie. I've got nothing. I've got nothing against Patsy Kenzie. But if she tomorrow came out and went, "Oh, I'm, I'm now going to do children's books," I'd be like, "Oh, pe- come on, yeah, come and on, Kenzie, fuck it. off." Yeah, I, I mean, Amanda Holden will do one next. I bet yeah. I, I'd be surprised if she has not already. Probably. She sat. She sits next to David Williams for like six weeks of a year. They've probably. I got mean, a, I mean, agent. people say, you know, what's Amanda Holden ever done to earn all that money? But I think sitting next to David Williams all that time in where I think she's 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 earned every penny. She, well, listeners and watchers might be saying technically she doesn't sit next to him because I think Alicia Dixon sits between the two. But that be she splitting sits hairs, near enough. wouldn't it? This one's called the the girl called Amanda Holden. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it, that gets on my nerves. Um, but yeah, I, I'm basically. If I can tell you where I am right now, I am on the back end of four days of heavy drinking, terrible eating, and uh, not not much activity. Have you got the beer for you? I, 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 do you know what? I, I did have it today, and I don't think I've got it. Since we got to the studio, I'm all right. I'm in a great mood now, but I think this morning I had it, because mm-hmm. I did drink a lot yesterday. We were drinking cocktails. We were just making cocktails in this cottage we were staying in. Yeah, it's a bad scene once you start making the cocktails and then you run out of cocktail mix and then yeah. you're having a, a smoothie with vodka in. Oh, it's terrible. Throwing a couple of barocas in a can of Foster's. That actually does work. It, it, it's actually really good for hangover. Yeah. Barocca's amazing. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had a barocca, though, and then gone for a wee and forgotten that you had a barocca earlier and think that you're dying because your piss is like a lightsaber? I don't really study it that often and that, that, that much. Difficult um, for women. But no, I yeah, it it does turn you it turns turns it turns the milk chocolatey. <laughs> <in. laughs> 
even turns your piss yellow. <laughs> but it's, it's, it works. It does its job. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Yeah. No, it doesn't turns actually. Piss yellow. It doesn't actually say on, on the package, <laughs> you will get over this hangover in, in mere minutes. But it should, because that's what it does. It does help, doesn't it? I don't know anybody who takes Barocca just to have more energy. No. The only people I know who have taken Barocca have been in the midst of a bad scene hangover. Yeah. It's it's like, it's clutching the straws that went out and you're thinking that's good. Like I, being injected with like, you go, whoa, it's What cool. is this shit? What was the actual Barocca advert? It was you, but on a good day, wasn't it? Whereas well, that, I say that for beer. I just feel like that seems like, um, that's not going to, they don't know what I'm like on a good day. <laughs> if they said, you on a bad day, but you will stay away, then okay, I'll take that. It's optimistic to assume what I'm like on a good day. That's a really good point, because often brands, <coughs> whatever brand it is, will I'm try sorry, and... By the way, I'm sorry for coughing. I'm still a little tiny okay. bit sick. It's all right. <coughs> it's ni- I'm not going to get one of us. Do you know what, can I say it's nice to sit next to someone coughing and not feel scared for the first time in about two years? Why don't you feel scared? Uh, well, I should, you should feel scared. scared. If you get any closer, though, I am going to whip out the hemorrhoid card. Listen, I am, I am neggy. Neggy. <laughs> Negative. Negative ninny, they call me, down the uh, street gang. I'm, I'm, a hum- I'm a perfect specimen. Just what... I was I was, I was just thinking about the, uh, the way that brands and adverts often try and make us think that uh, they're going to make our life slightly better mm. or they're going to make our life great. But it would be better if they just said, look... They're realistic. We'll make it more bearable. But they just give you more realistic expectations. Yeah. Like Red Bull gives you wings. No, it doesn't. But it will allow you to dance in Cafe Benidorm till six o'clock in the morning <laughs> without feeling a tiny bit tired. <laughs> Red Bull gets you home on the M6 after a long yeah. drive. Red Bull will make you regret drinking Red Bull the next day. Oh, God. When you're lying in bed and thinking you're having a heart attack. Yeah. What's the most cans of Red Bull you've ever had in one go? Oh, pro- mm, don't know. I think I've had six Maybe in one four. night. I can't. I don't even like it. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. But then, because I don't like that, Jaeger bombs don't like that. Yeah, they're not nice. They were like Jaeger on its own because it tastes like Uncle Joe's mint balls. <laughs> I've and never you know met You know how much I miss me, Uncle Joe. <laughs> <laughs> when does he get parole? Well, I visit him. <laughs> But that little gap where we speak, it's it's not big enough for them to no slide the products <laughs> under <laughs> <laughs> a little little visit me full. That's frowned upon. I was banned from visiting for, for that. You know, whenever you see, <laughs> whenever you see a prison visit on telly, mm. you can guarantee that they're gonna hug, and that the guard is gonna say no touching. Yeah. So what did he say when you visit your uncle Joe? No sucking <laughs> his balls again. No tea bagging. You, you've been told. I'm not going to tell you again. It says on the wall, look. They're not minty. <laughs> we don't give them original sauce, sour in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. Um, I like Jägermeister, but I don't like Jäger bombs. But revelation in my life. Have you ever had a Skittle? Like a drink? Yes. No, I've, right. had, the, I've well, had the sweets. Drawn here. <laughs> it's Jägermeister, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not Jägermeister, right? It's not. It's Red Bull. But instead of Jägermeister, it's Quantreau. Oh, Quantreau. wow. Wow. The S milk. Yeah. Yeah. So Quantreau with Jägermeister in it. No. Katie, Quantreau with Red Bull in it. And it tastes exactly like Skittles. Oh, wow. It's, it, I mean, wow. Because yeah. I love yeah, Skittles. Yeah, wow. I love yeah, Skittles. Wow, Sam. I, I love Skittles so much. Think about it. But I, I've not had them since I was about 15. Well, listen, listeners, try it. 
I think we should definitely do a uh, cocktail night. <coughs> just make <coughs> random cocktails. <coughs> sorry, sorry, everyone. Nice cough, everyone. Hi everyone. Uh, if you're only listening, that looks fantastic on YouTube. Yeah. So do do listen. It probably does explain why my voice sounds a little tiny bit sexier though this week. It does sound like you're on the phone lines. Yeah. The old 0898. Yeah. We were drinking uh, a cocktail that we basically we just had what we had left mm. and we didn't want to leave the cottage, so we had uh, champagne, gin, and apple juice, and we googled them, and apparently Ooh. that's a cocktail. We just threw What's it all it in the mixer. Is it called an, Al- an, Agl- an Alexander or something like I don't that? Don't know. So we were thinking we need a name for it, and it's got to be a sexy name. So where we were staying, Champapple. Was, that sounds good. Champapple. <laughs> Champapple. Champapple. Katie. I'm not Champapple. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we were near a place called Beverly in Yorkshire. So we, I said we could call it a Beverly, but that doesn't sound very sexy, does it? Champagne Beverly. Champagne Beverly. Champagne Beverly sounds like a stripper. <laughs> hey, lads, if you've got enough money, we can give Champagne Beverly a call. My name is Champagne Beverly. S- sit on your... I, I've had this bra for five years, and it still fits with an elasticated enhancer from Betterwear. <laughs> now, listen, a lot of the strippers tell you to sit on your hands, but I will say to you, sit on me. If you want nipple, it's five pounds extra <laughs> or two bags of dry roasted nuts. <laughs> Over the fence is a new character. Oh, Champagne Beverly. Champagne Beverly. Champagne Beverly. She's on the loose. Coming to a social club near you. <laughs> so she's on the loose like a beast. She used to have a pet snake. Did I have a pet snake? No, she, but Champagne oh, Beverly oh, she had a did, pet yeah. snake, but it escaped. Oh, it escaped. And and is it still at large? No, but she has a very nice relationship with the RSPCA man. Oh, one of those short lived, Sh- short but wild, short but sweet. They they hit the heights. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough, enough for champagne, Beverly. Yeah, I just I thought it was a crap name for a cocktail, but it's a great name for a stripper. So, what else has been going on? Um, well, when we were leaving the cottage, um, I realised that we were very low on toilet paper, and I've been eating a lot of food. And I needed a poo. And I don't want to get graphic, but I needed a poo badly. And I didn't want to use the last bit of the toilet paper. So I held that poo in. And I had a moment last night. This was last night as we were recording. When I woke up in the middle of the night and I was in agony. And I thought, I'm going to have to just have a poo. So, you, Sorry, so you held on to it all night? Yeah. It's not good for you, that as is As Mick it? would say, you baked it. I baked it. Ooh. Like a baked Alaska. That's not good for you. I overbaked it and now I've got a soggy bottom. <laughs> Tell you what, though, the muscles in your bum will be like oh made up for the workout there. Oh, it was like honestly, they're like Schwarzenegger at his best. But I, I really considered waking up in the Did night you have to go to the petrol station. I, I, well, I was gonna get a, have a poo and then just rinse it out in the shower. But my wife was in the it was an ensuite bed, uh, like bathroom, and I would have woke my wife up and she said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm cleaning my ass." <laughs> and I, I didn't want to ruin our tenth Happy wedding anniversary. anniversary. <laughs> Can you just check out my hoop, babe? Ooh, 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 remember our 10th anniversary when we ran out of toilet paper and I woke up in the middle of the night thinking you were sexy dancing when really you were just hosing down your bum out? <laughs> that was so romantic. It would have been different if it was the first wedding anniversary because yeah. that is paper, I believe. <laughs> so it could have been, you know, a bit of, bit of julep. 10th yeah. is feces. 10th yeah, t- <laughs> is skiddies. <laughs> but, you know, you made that point about me sphincter being quite taut well, I did wonder. I'm sick, you know, I'm sick of telling you this. Son. Well, I know it's just a, one of the few just compliments accept it. I just often accept get. The compliments. Yeah, people say you know he's very polite, and his sphincter is like a oh. Um, 
when when lockdown finished, the first lockdown, you know, when everyone started going back into the office, we were like late 2020, I did think people's sphincters, because people were working from home and just farting whenever they wanted, whereas you're in an office environment, you can't just let rip whenever you want. You've got to kind of choose your moments, haven't you? So you've got to you have a little bit of control. Had, people had to like... Um, that muscle memory of yeah. holding an, yeah. an unwanted fart. I think so. I, think I feel like you thought about that quite, probably too much. I spent a lot of time thinking about it. I was going to write a thesis I work on in it. an office and I never gave that one thought. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Uh, that might be why nobody likes me in the office. <laughs> 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 Old beefy Katie yeah. over there in the corner. There she is. Oh. Smell her before you see her. My <laughs> <laughs> is she in today? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she's mm-hmm. there. Sprouts, can, she had sprouts for the dinner yesterday. I can smell yeah. beef monster munch. She's definitely in. Uh, you know what else has happened? What happened? The UFC happened. Oh, the UFC. We were talking about this before, weren't yeah. we? Yeah. I don't really understand the rules. Neither do I. I just know that you basically strip down to barely dressed and fight and like. But I just that's just the one thing that doesn't sit well with me: fighting someone with no clothes on. <laughs> Would you rather watch fully clothed fighting, like in a like a wedding suit? Yeah. And have, instead of an octagon, have like a dance floor. So there are many sports that can be enhanced. As I've said before, golf. I would watch televised crazy golf. Oh, I would. That seems better. Yeah. Um, put two drunken men in suits at a wedding in a cage, play <laughs> a bit of Billy Ocean, <laughs> let them at each other. Just lob and bits of Buffy in that. Oh. And watch that. And have the DJ giving, like, you know, typical wedding yeah. shite down the mic. As and while, while I do think that you, the UFC was tremendous fun, I still don't under, really understand it. But I love I love the characters. I love the, the, oh, the fighters at all. Have such charisma. Yeah, because it, it's refreshing when you look at most sportsmen who are like, yeah, you know, so uh, I fought a good game and, you know, yeah. ultimately you got to give respect to your opponents. It, like, sets them apart from the boxers. You know, like... Um, They've got a little bit more about them. Yeah. It's like they started off boxing and went, nah, fuck this, I want to express myself. Yeah. So UFC helps them express themselves creatively. Definitely. As I, well as physically. I want to talk shit about people. And it's yeah. two scousers. I want to shit talk. I want to I want to, I want to give but you no. some bad shit. I mean, Paddy the Baddy and Meatball Molly were just two absolute stars. Oh, yeah. Well, there's something about scousers where we get a lot of uh, practice giving each other shit, don't we? Because I think that's something that, like, which is what I've got this theory that, which is why scouse comics are always really good at dealing with hecklers because you get heckled in your house. You get heckled in your school. Yeah, I used to get heckled by me nan. You got heckled in your car on the way here and that it, was just me. Uh, that was you, yeah. <laughs> Talking about me hemorrhoids again. <laughs> but it just, it, it just, that's how we communicate in the city of Liverpool, isn't it? By just ba 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 ba. Whether you like someone or you don't, you just give each other shit, and it's either friendly or it's yeah. It's Mickey, Mickey Flanagan does a really good bit about that. Whereas if you're working class from your working class background, you brought up giving people shit yeah. and taking the piss out of them, and it's it's true. Exactly. And you don't take yourself seriously for that reason. Exactly. Yeah. There's not worse than taking yourself too seriously, is there? Because I'm, I do. You know what? I, you know, we're comics. Do you ever have moments where you think, oh, yeah, I got, I got, I got up my own ass a little bit there? I have the odd moments. Do you know what it is? When I'm playing board games, I get really, like, in the moment and I want to win. And then it takes me a while to go, fucking hell, it doesn't really matter, does it? It's just a game of clue. I don't know. Though. I think sometimes I'm one of the... When I've had a drink and then I start talking about politics, then I, I wake up and I go, oh, you've not bad. It's hard, isn't it? You don't, you don't know, really, what you're talking about most of the time. Why do you think that after a couple of Blossom Hills, 
you can like solve the Ukraine crisis, Kate. <laughs> so I'm a bit of an asshole in that respect. But no, I never ever go. Oh, it was a bit. I'm 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 more self-deprecating than that, which makes me seem like a knobhead now saying that. Yeah. I'm so I'm so woke about myself. I'm just so self-deprecating. You know, I'm really good at that. <laughs> really good at it. So if someone said to you, right, okay, let's big each big ourselves up to each other. What is your best quality? Ask me buttocks. Well, definitely. Oh, sorry. Do you I mean think like now personality? it's just fainter after the weekend. <laughs> Do you mean personality-wise, Well, obviously. like, you know. Um, my best quality is that I am, I think I'm friendly and polite. Yeah. I don't know if that's something that makes you memorable, though, is it? You always remember nice people. You remember nasty people more? Yeah. Maybe I should put a bit of that in. I never use this word freely, as you know, if you use, but you always remember a cunt. <laughs> And I don't use that word. Everybody who knows me knows I don't use that word. Yeah, that's don't true. Don't use it on stage, do I? No, you don't. But it's a true story. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think mine is nice. I've been told I'm too nice. I've been told that. And I had a theory when I was younger. I you can be too nice. I, I agree. But I had a theory when I was younger. And I'm pointing at you, which is very rude of me. So I apologize for that. Feeling threatened. I'm fucking sorry. All right. Three blinks, guys. <laughs> you know that- what to do. Can anyone be uh, taken hostage on a podcast? Has that ever happened before? Kate's, well, Kate's here against the will. This she, is your lucky day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want to be here at all. I don't know, Finn just nearly got me in a headlock with this wire. Oh, I know. That was like a lasso, Lassoed me. Yeah, that was quite impressive. Uh, I had a theory when I was younger, though, because I couldn't get a girlfriend in my like, early 20s, and I used to have this theory that I was too nice and the girls were really looking for bad boys. But I think ultimately... That was maybe just masking the fact that I was just very awkward about around ladies. There's a fine line between being nice and being a gobshite. And that I'm not saying that you were a gobshite, <laughs> by the way. But what I'm saying is, so girls don't want bad boys. No. But they like, I'm speaking on behalf of all girls. I hope that's all right with all of you. Um, if someone's like too nice, it can give you the ick. Oh, I know. I, I totally agree. And I think that what that is, you know, when someone says, oh, what do you want to do on Saturday? And they go, oh, I don't care, babe, whatever you want to do. I'm oh, like, no. oh, come on. There's being nice bollocks. and there's be, yeah, that's being a, a gobshite, yeah, isn't that's it? that's being a gobshite. Is gobshite the right word, though? I just think it's being wet, isn't it? That's the same, isn't it? Same, because I always think gobshite is someone who's like, just mouthing off all the time. So, you know, in my eyes, a gobshite is someone who's just, like, just stupid. Just, <laughs> just, just, just like, hasn't, hasn't got a clue about What's going on around them? Yeah, doesn't know what's what. Mm. But uh, how would you fix yourself? Oh, what? Like, a qu- oh my god! What a question! Hey guys, uh, welcome to my Pulitzer winning interview. <laughs> um, this is a weird question to answer because I have many flaws, many faults, but I actually wouldn't fix them because ultimately you've kind of got to be happy with what you've got, haven't you? Mm. I think there's certain things I could work better on. Do you know what? A big thing, and I think this is for everyone, is is you've got to stop judging your success by what other people are doing. Mm. And I think I'm quite good at that most of the time. But social media makes it hard for everyone because you just see the best side of it. We're not Jesus. Life. Do you know what no. I mean? As much as like I am happy for everyone to do well, I think there's space for all of us. There are some days and I go, oh, you again. <laughs> yes. Fuck off. Give someone else a go. And that's that's just human nature. 
Yeah, I, I think most people have that. And I've been reading this thing about imposter syndrome recently, which apparently, mm. you know, is is so, like, common. Like, almost everyone has it at some point. And the people that say they haven't are either lying or psychos, like absolute psychopaths. We've just got so much self-belief. Self-belief's a great thing, but, you know, you've got so much self-belief that you can't even have any moments where you think, am I doing the right thing? Am I going the right way? Am I, should I be doing what I'm doing? Well, um, my, my interpretation of that is doing something like this and then coming out and going, why do you think you can do that? <laughs> yeah. Why do you think anyone wants to listen to you? That's my imposter syndrome, I think. But I think what I'd fix about myself is um, I'd give myself just a little bit more drive. Uh, okay. Do you, do you not feel driven? Um, I feel like sometimes I can't stick to things. Right, okay. I feel like I could I could be more driven. Yeah. And if I was, I'd be more, um, probably more successful at a comedy, etc. Yeah. But I think if I'd have started comedy at a younger age, then I would have fucked it up by now. So right. I, I think I started comedy at the right age. But because of the age I was when I started it, I had so many other plates to spin. Yeah. And it was hard to yeah, it's difficult, commit isn't it? to comedy. If you know what I mean. Yeah. But if I had started younger, I wouldn't have had all the life, life experiences. That makes me hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> How would you have fucked up comedy if you'd started earlier? Um, Probably by getting with an inappropriate lad or being with somebody who, who fucked it up. Would you who, not have... Who, who, I just think that, like... Right. Male comics might not like this, but most young lads do comedy are not boyfriend material at when they're like in the twenties, say. And that's just because most comics are emotionally stunted. Yeah. And I think that I probably had I started when I was younger, would have got with one of them lads and would have listened to them too much. Yeah. I don't listen to anybody now. That's my that's my <laughs> that's my best quality. I don't listen to anybody anymore. But I would have really listened and took to heart Things people might have said to me in those days that would have stopped me or yeah. inhibited me. I can't imagine what it's like to be in a partnership where the both both people are comics, like a you know marriage where they're both comics. Oh, or it'd like, be relentless, wouldn't it? Oh god, because I know <laughs> I get on my own nerves, but at least my wife can bring me down to like normal life, and we can have a normal conversation about normal stuff. But like Mick doesn't even won't even come to one gig. He just doesn't like it. And I sort of, sometimes I go, oh, I wish you'd just come, like, once. But, like, when I first started doing comedy, we'd, like, well, we got together shortly after that. So I was doing, like, and because he was, like, courting me, he comes to a couple of nights that I was on. And I think he just thought he was, like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll encourage her. It's something she wants to do. And then he'd get there, and then we'd be at nights where there was open spots, and some of them were, like, really terrible. And he really, he's got a bad, like, cringe reaction so if someone was like bad or was dying on their ass he just hated he hated being there Shrivel he up. hated seeing them struggle yeah. on stage so after that he was like can't come no more but now i'm not I'm, i don't really do those nights i do like professional nights and i'm like no come to these nights now everyone's you, good. it's better everyone's good and yeah. he goes yeah but you still talk about me on stage and at the end you'll come off stage and everyone will be clapping and laughing and you come and sit by me and everyone will look at that oh there he is <laughs> there with the holy undies do you know what i mean so so he well, won't come, and he doesn't come, but I sort of respect that. Because it'd be awful to be with someone who was like, oh, I'm going to come to every gig that you do and follow you around. Like, yeah. Like, mm, 
I think it's really important to keep your foot in real life as well. Because, like, I know when I've been to Edinburgh and done the fringe, and you're up there for like three and a half weeks, and all you do is comedy. You're doing like, yeah. you're doing like, you know, three hours on stage every day or something across the day, and then you're doing all you're hanging around with is other comics. You're flying in for your Dreaming, show. You're talking to other comics. You're just in that world so much, and you forget. They're outside. It's not that important. It's a proper bubble, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, total bubble. And then you yeah. just... I mean, I didn't follow him up and down a ladder on the roof. Exactly. Why, so why would he want to come and watch me do yeah. comedy if it's not his thing? Laugh at his underpants. Laugh at his underpants. Oh. Ah, well, the, all of us have got holy underpants. I think we can all appreciate that. But um, Some more than others. Yeah. How would you give yourself more drive then? Um, I don't think you can give it to yourself. What about just take loads of cocaine? Maybe just like... Um, Hit rock bottom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I hit rock bottom, maybe I'll have the drive to go up. I've up. always, do you know, I've always been jealous of people who hit rock bottom because it seems like a, a kind of comfortable place to be. It must be hard, yeah, like imagine, emotionally. Like, hitting rock bottom and going, I'm at rock bottom, and then something else happens, and you're like, oh, <laughs> fucking hell. No, this is rock bottom. Oh, I thought that was rock bottom. No, this, <laughs> you're telling me. Yeah. And then the week later, it gets worse. Mm. People only talk about rock bottom when they climb out of it, don't they? People yeah. don't talk about rock bottom when they stay there. We don't hear those yeah. stories. No. I hit rock bottom, guys, and guess what? I'm still there three years later. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. But those redemptive stories about people who kind of go down and, like, climb back up, that must be really nice. Yeah, you know? but then they feel the need to tell everybody, and mm. that makes them smug. Yeah. Please, you know, hit rock bottom, come back up, live your life, don't tell everybody, don't be writing a book Keep with a black yourself. and white front cover, sticking it on that shelf in boots going, oh, yeah, well... I was so poor, I only had one Mars bar a day. Oh, is me little black and my picture of me little sad children's face. Not Angela's <laughs> ashes. Go away. Or do a kid's book. This one's called The Girl Who Hit Rock Bottom <laughs> by David Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, people do write a lot of, I don't know if that phase is still going on, but there's a lot of novels coming out about miserable lives well there was an actual section in wh smith i can't remember it was called it's called like poverty tra- porn tragic no but it was like the, the genre of a uh, book you know it's like romance fiction blah, blah, and it was, it was like tragic upbringing oh, and it was like just like picture little black and white pictures of little kids with no shoes and socks on sitting on a doorstep with an empty milk bottle next to them and you're like oh well this looks like the read of the week doesn't it what am i in the mood for i'm going on a long flight hmm a thriller maybe no no I no want, how about tragic upbringing yeah i want to read about somebody who's you know left on a doorstep or in a, in a phone box and now that they then they got abused by priests oh then they then they they couldn't read and write and they self-taught they did and then they learned music on their own and now they, they you know sewing caftans for it's just come on now and if you're interested in that kate will be doing a book tour later this year mm. it's called kate's uncle joe's balls <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be in hardback softback and on audible <laughs> uh, i'm going to go towards stone's Next time I'm in town, I'm going to go to that section. I want you to find the most povy book ever. I'm going to find the most povy book. I never say book, I say book, but that felt good to say book. Because yeah. I'm, I'm poor, I say book. Say book. And I'm going to just look at the chapter titles. Yeah. Chapter one. Mine, I knew so, she used to always read um, books by Catherine Cookson. And like, always they were always about like 
you know, like it was like the olden days, and and the maid in the big house got pregnant by the squire, yeah, who was a bastard. Oh yeah. And then the local farmers lazard Maria to keep her nice, and then he ends up being a bastard. And then she realised that she was in love with someone else who wasn't a bastard. And it was just <laughs> like, and that, and they never had nothing, and the kids were always running around in bare feet and drinking milk straight from the cows or there. And I mean, and I'd go, <laughs> oh yeah, you need to read this. It's very good, very good. Very good. It's about it's about a maid. I'm like, what? Well, go on. She she got what well, she got raped by the squire, and uh, she had an un- <laughs> she had an unwanted pregnancy, and she had to hide it. And her dad knocked her mum about because he was. Oh my god, Jen, how did you know? It's like fucking because they're all like that. Because they're all like that. They're all like that. Oh, oh, you like this one? It's about the Blitz in Liverpool. Oh, Jesus Christ! In the forties, and what happens was uh, all the fellas in the family got killed. Yeah, uh, right. When they were, and then there was the Blitz, and all the women like all got together and like knitted things. She's like, this is this is that shit. <laughs> I don't want to read. I want to read books about someone called Flora who went to finishing school in Austria. Yeah. I want to read about rich people. Uh, I don't want to read about poor people. I, I've got that life. I already. can live that life. Yeah. Yeah. I can live that life. About it's like those films that like what's the one where the, the, all the guys start stripping with Sean um, Bean. Um, I say Magic Monty then. Magic Monty. Magic Mike. Do you want to move that a little bit? Oh, sorry. God. Just. Oh, is that better? Because Mag- Magic Monty can't be missed. No. Magic Magic uh, Mike is the Magic full Mike. Monty. Magic, Ma- Magic Mike. The, f- <laughs> the full Monty. Magic Mike's the stripper, isn't he? Have yeah. you ever been to see male strippers? Well, unwittingly. Uh, accidentally? Well, well, no, I'm not stupid. <laughs> I went, no, I went to this, um, years and years ago, I worked in a biscuit factory, which I've told you about. And um, there was a disco, a charity disco, charity like charity night, and they called it the Nabisco Disco. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyway, we all went, and it was all the women from the factory, and I really loved working there, and I loved all, we had a ball. It was so funny. And um, we went in, there was charity night, and then they went, oh, you had the strippers on in a minute, and I was only about, <laughs> I think it was only about 20, and I went, the what? I was like, the stripper, and I was like, oh, get I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this, because it was during the time when everyone was going to see them, you know them? Chippendales. The Chippendales, yeah, yeah. They were big, weren't they? So anyway, we're in, this, we're in this like social club in Aintree and this man comes out shiny, like oily, glossy with this big box and he had like um, Velcro suits that whipped off and oh, then he had yeah. like American flag undies and American flag rounds <laughs> his neck and then uh, he puts the American flag rounds his waist and then whips the undies off. They get lobbed into the audience and these women were going absolutely I mean, conniption fits all over the place. They had never seen a naked man in their life by by the looks of it. And they were made up. Next minute, he gets the snake out of a box. A real snake. A real snake? That's not a euphemism. I thought you meant his willy. So then the snake, and he's just doing all sexy dancing oh, no. with the snake. And then he finishes dancing. The snake just gets lashed back in this box. And I'm just thinking, oh, that's a bit cruel, isn't it? Oh, snake. You mean? Um, and then, then he starts doing this with the flag. And his willy was hitting the flag. And it was he, was, <laughs> he has a lot to be proud of. But I was just like... I just feel awkward. Yeah. And it was like when I went to that, that Hindu. Oh, yeah, the Hindu. House, and there was a male stripper then. And he come over and like took his dicky bow off, come up to me and put it around my neck to pull me towards him. And I was like, oh, you've you've picked the wrong girl. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, feel, I feel embarrassed. That's mad, isn't it? It's mad the different reaction, though, that women and men have for, with strippers because women are all like, Whoa, Well, yeah, it's like when, it's like when fell, fellas go to the, like, the lap dancing bars. Oh no, men are like seeds. Which I have no problem with lap dancing bars or women who work in lap dancing bars. That is good for them. I mean, it's, it's a living. Canal, best in the working in an office. But anyway, 
but men go and men will watch these girls dance like seriously, like oh, observe them and get like yeah. enjoy it. I I, oh, I always never, think, what if never, if there was bars like that for women with male strippers? I would just play like, up. Oh, I, I give you the fiver to put your kegs back on me. Yeah, well, I mean, the willy is a hilarious looking thing, isn't it? The male mm. penis. It's just, it's it's comical looking. It's just the way you've got the willy and the balls. So it's like the willy's like the front man and the balls are like the back and dancers. Women don't get excited by, you know, that no. as much as people, men think that oh, they no. do. Oh, no. Well, it's not a nice looking thing, is it's it? It's just there. Which is why know. I'm always stunned at, at gay men. And I've got nothing against gay men. But, like, it, it, it just you're attracted to the penis, which it's just a horrible thing. Like, I know that's not a choice. It's just, it's just I'm not making my point very clear here. But I'm just saying, <laughs> my point is, willies are horrible looking, aren't they? Well, so are fannies. Well, I suppose if you get get up close, let's be clear, they are. But boobies are nice. Well, boobies and I like boobies. I mean, you know. Well, yeah, left hands and bars are weird. And I was at a gig in Leeds a couple of weeks ago, and in uh, the other room of this venue, there was the Dream Boys were on. Ah. So they were getting ready in a room next to where we were waiting to go on stage, and they just left the door wide open. So as we were walking past, <laughs> this this other comic, um, Tom Green, yeah, he went to me. He's, he's Australian, and he goes. You see that then? And I went, one, he went, that guy, he was like grabbing stuff and it was dick. And I was like, I'll best go back and check. <laughs> <laughs> I went, no. And he went, no, go, go back and have a look. And I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> and then the, the, these fellas, these strippers were just like walking around free and easy, shiny, hairless. Yeah. I was like, they, they don't look, they, they look like aliens. I did a, a tour show. I think it was Wellingborough down south somewhere and I think it was the Dream Boys were on in the next like it was one of those theatres where you mm. got all these different rooms and I must have been in the basement room and they were in like the main space and afterwards I was doing a meeting did you walk in and the woman on the door <laughs> went basement get in the basement get in the basement keep your clothes on you weirdo them. get the like the gimp get in the basement and I did a meet and greet after the show in the auditorium but the Dream Boys were also doing a meet and greet and like photo things with like people who'd been to watch them and they were right next to me. So I, <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, shit, I feel really stupid Good for self-esteem. Not at all. And they all had the tops off and they were ripped. Anyway, my, <laughs> their queue was a bit longer than mine. A lot of their things were a bit longer than mine. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. Do you know what I'm saying? And when all my... You're there in your retro sports gear. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Hi, guys. This is uh, Ben Sherman that my wife bought me. <laughs> They've just got their abs and their pecs on show. Um, everyone who wanted to meet me had, had come and gone. And then... There was a, like a, the arse end of their queue was there. So I just said to the guy who in the venue, said, oh, can I get a picture with them? Because I just thought, I'll, I'll stick it on my Facebook. It'll be funny. And uh, so the, the, the guy from the venue took me over to the Dream Boys. There was like, I don't know, 12 of them, all with the tops off. Some of them were kneeling, some of them were standing. Very provocative. And the uh, the, uh, the, the the venue manager took took me over and went, hi, guys, do you mind? I just want more photos. This is Sam Avery. And they all went, oh, hi, Sam. And then I heard them all go, who the fuck is Sam Avery? <laughs> None of them knew who I was, obviously. I don't think they're my audience. But uh, I, anyway, I got this photo with them, and I, I was temp- so, I should have took I my top off. Oh, my God. Why didn't I take so my funny. top off? You know, like, you just, when you... Miss that opportunity. Not many regrets in my life. That's one of them. Because I, I was really fat at the think time Think about that well. on your deathbed. Oh, it would have been up on the the, the living room wall, because I've lost... You're the, lying this one, because you've got any last words. I should have took my top off with the dream <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you for coming to imagine the doing a meet and greet with them now shaking their hands and go Ugh. oh what's that thank that's, you that's slippy oh moisturized thanks 
Oh, but anyway, I don't know how you were. Uh, I think you need to find the picture uh, before we end this episode. And I think you need to promise to find the picture of you with the dream boys. I'll find it. So we can put it on the screen. I'll put it on the screen. We'll, we'll put it on our, our social media. Mm. Do you want to end this episode with a little uh, listener email? Please. We've got um, an email that's come from Laura. And it goes like this. Dear Sam and Kate, love the show. Would you be able to help me fix shop assistance, please? I've just been to River Island and someone followed me around for 20 minutes. Thanks, Laura. So <laughs> I think that might have been the store detective, I, I, Laura. I was going to say, Laura, <laughs> but were you sticking stuff down your breeches? Um, store shop assistants, have you got any um, like negative or positive feelings about them? Well, I'm going to tell you, this is relevant, actually. <laughs> Um, I have no truck. I have no truck with shop assistants. I've never heard that phrase before. I ain't got no truck with them. Oh my god, you've been watching a lot of TV. I've been watching too much while I've been off. Um, but I was in a local boutique by where I live on Saturday, and the two young girls who work there. Bear in mind, this boutique is all over the internet and um, sells very nice clothes. The lady who owns it models the clothes, and it's, it's just it's a cute place. Lovely. And when I went in, she wasn't there, and nowhere she wasn't there. And these two girls who worked there looked like they hadn't been home from the night before. <laughs> One of them was sat behind the till with her feet up like that on a phone. <laughs> and then the other one was grey. She, she, I mean, she looked like she'd wore the same clothes for a few days. The skin was grey. And I was looking at this white top, and I said to her, have you got any other white tops? And she went... Do you mean a bigger size? <laughs> and I went, um, no, I just mean a different style. And she went, no. And I went, okay. But that was, I was like, right, these shop assistants are not committed to the role of no. working in the glamorous boutique. No. But a couple of weeks before that, I went into there and I was looking around, just mooching around. And the lazy rooms have come up and went, oh, Kate, I haven't seen you for ages. I meant to text you. We've got a lovely new plus size range in. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, how to win friends and influence people. I will never darken your door again. Of course, of course I went back. I saw this dress that was massive and I just thought, I better text Kate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, at least you're in someone's thoughts. That's well, nice. I know. I know. I wasn't offended, really. But, uh, you know, some things are done with positive Cried intentions. myself to sleep that Well, night, okay. Not, that's not that's not what is, what's your um, experience of shop assistants uh i like the ones who leave you the fuck alone yeah I, I mean i don't mind a little hello when you go in that's all right in fact i quite like that hiya hiya in fact i like it when uh, can i help you oh, no. no 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 i don't like when they say that are you please for, let me live are you looking for anything in particular sir i'm i'm in here because it was raining Listen, I'm horny. I'm going for a wank in the changing room. <laughs> That's the only reason I came in. Can you not see the look on my face? <laughs> um, what, shop, what shop would be the best for that? Uh, answers on a postcard. Lush. They come in. They wouldn't smell oh, it. So do you mean to go? Oh, to well. Go for a little... Oh, God. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what you meant then. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's probably a, a, a different episode. Different podcast. Yeah, probably the butcher's counting in Sainsbury's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I like I don't like it when they follow you around mm. in answer to Laura. I don't like so I, I, maybe we could fix it. There should be a code of conduct that they have to abide by. Well, no, in Lush, I think this is like somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I heard this. I may have dreamt it. It sounds like something I would dream. But when you go into Lush, you can pick up a, a whatever I don't know if it's whatever color basket you pick up, or you pick up a card and walk around with it. And if it's one color, it means 
shop assistants approach me and offer me help. And if you can't either, that means fuck the fuck off. Oh, that's good. Let me live and shop on my own. Let me live and my life. I think that's that. I think Lush fixed it, Laura, already. So more Lush. Let me tell you, though, dead quick before we end this episode. When I was a student, I went to get a job in the Disney store. I went for an interview and I really fancied working there because they were dressed in them like Letterman Cardies. They were all dead happy. And I thought one day I'll start here and then one day I will like probably be like Snow White in Disneyland's Orlando or something. I thought that was like the trajectory of get sell, selling Buzz Lightyear's yeah. in the Disney store. Well, you know, you're in Ten one of the films. Ten years later, you were living in the Disney castle. <laughs> and I wasn't even into Disney, but it just seemed like a, seemed like a bit of a... a career you know, path. Yeah. Anyway, I went and I was, in, I was in the interview and this lad interviewed me who I knew. You know, you know someone, but you don't know them, but you know you know them. And he was like, so, and he was talking in this like weird transatlantic accent. And I knew he was from like, <laughs> exactly. He's going, so why do you want to work for Disney? Oh and God. I was like, um, well, I really love the Disney films. I was just like bullshitting. And he goes, so what we do, we don't call um, the storeroom, the storeroom, it's backstage. And we call we call the shop floor the stage. And we're out there, we're not, we're not shop assistants, we're performers. And I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. I need to get this <laughs> left. Yeah, fuck that. You don't get that in TK Maxx, do you? No. They call a spade a spade. Yeah. Or the, the, or the, and then they'll they'll sell it to you for 50% off. Yeah. Because it's got a designer label on it's it. It's a Ralph Lauren spade. Who knew <laughs> he even made them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. If you want to get in touch with us, though, you can uh, send us your problems. Fix the world 999 at gmail.com. It's not a cliche, okay? It's not. Get in touch and we will help you like we've helped Laura. She's trying to help everyone. Yeah, one person at a time. Bit by bit. Bespoke help yeah. for you is out there. And then if you're watching this on YouTube, please give us a little like on the channel, uh, on the video, sorry, because just, you know, if you're watching the video, just give us it. It like doesn't cost you anything. anything. Just, just and if you did listen to Sam's um, holding in a shit story, please do not try that at home. It's dangerous. It's really bad. You've got to go when you need to go. Mm. But always have more bog rolling than you need. That's, that's a little life lesson I'm going to try yeah. and pass on to my children. Uh, one that I thought I would have learned by now. Um, and also, if you want to see me on tour, I'm going on tour from April the 8th, I think it is. Where's your first tour date? Southampton. Southampton. Yeah. That's far. I'm, I'm, um, I'm doing two gigs in Southampton in the space of like six weeks. God, I've been made up if anyone knew where I was in Southampton. Well, it, it turns out... You're South- a big deal. I'm a big deal. Some people are know. big in Japan. I'm big in Southampton. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to... Um, uh, but then a lot of people from Portsmouth can't come. So that seems Isn't unfair. that quite far away? That's only about 30 miles away, I think. Oh, Southampton is fucking miles away, yeah. No, isn't Portsmouth far away from Southampton? No, that's quite close. Is it? It's 25, 30 miles. Yeah, but Manchester's 30 miles from me and I wouldn't go that far. I, you t- even to see me? Mm. Mm, good point. But what I'm saying is if you want to come see me, you can see all the dates. And I'm doing some warm-up shows as well over the next uh, 10 days. So um, go on samaverycomedy.com and all the dates are on there. So, yeah, have you got anything to plug, Kate? Um, no. <laughs> Watch this space. Watch this space, though, what hey? You, what you've got to say is, uh, I'm just working on some exciting project that I can't divulge at the moment. So, no, I, uh, I have got some gigs. I've got a... Oh, what? Hey, well, when will this go out? Wednesday. Okay, so if you're in Liverpool on Sunday, don't know what to do with your mum on Mother's Day, or if you want to get away from your mum on Mother's Day, come to Turncoat Bar. It's pizza and comedy for 20 quid. Perfect. Listen, I'm hosting it, so... Kate's on. Expect hilarity, guys. It's going to hit you in the face. Yeah. Maybe a nervous breakdown, midlife crisis situation. It's going to be so funny, it's going to hurt you. But not in the pocket, because it's quite reasonably priced, isn't it? It's quite reasonably priced. Yeah, so it's a bargain, twice, yeah. twice the price. But uh, thanks for listening. Thanks and, for listening. And keep 
uh, spreading the words, and we will see you next Wednesday. Bye.